Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I am Jennifer. And I'm Corey. And we are here today to continue our series on ways that you can improve the patient experience over at your practice. And we are eyeball deep in patient experience improvements um, here at Insight Marketing Group and Insight Training Solutions. Corey, how has your week been? Uh, In a word, hectic. Um, So just real quick, we are, like Jen said, working on a lot of patient experience um, initiatives. And for one of our clients, we're actually having a mural painted in one of their uh, one of their practices, uh, one of the main locations. And uh, so we've gone through this whole big planning process. Everything's getting ready to roll out. We're supposed to start on a Friday. Wednesday afternoon, the mural artist called me and said that he just he quit basically in the 11th hour because uh, too many changes and whatnot. So um, that sent us into a panic and a frenzy that uh, pretty much ruined the rest of the week. So recovering from that. But uh, other than that, I'm peachy. Yeah. Working with artists can be difficult. It can be great and it can be difficult at times to the creative types. Yeah. I was um, in Austin, Texas this past week, um, went on, on Sunday afternoon, attended the MGMA operations conference on Monday. And then on Tuesday morning, gave my um, social media customer service talk to about 150 practice managers. And I will tell you that between my conversations with the practice managers and a handful of physicians at the conference, um, as well as the sessions I attended, patient experience and improving patient experience at the practice level is top of mind right now across the entire industry. So I'm excited to share some, yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to share some of these kind of tips as we continue this series, because I think the series is going to end up being a real resource for some of the practices that we work with. So um, let's go ahead and dive right into it. So I think we left off um, talking about like billing and records. And let's go ahead and get started with, you know, what do you think we can do to improve the experience, um, maybe in the check-in process? Yeah, I think one of the things that we've seen and we've heard from folks that we work with is um, a big area for improvement for a lot of practice is kind of improving that process for every generation of patient when they go to check in. So specifically, we're talking about like, as someone comes through the doors, they're going to expect sort of different things. Like for, for example, I would be fine because I'm a little bit younger um, with a, an iPad to check in. I honestly, I probably would be fine if I didn't have to talk to someone and I could just kind of do it myself and, and it told me what to do and where to sit. Not a big deal. But obviously, if you're going to talk to someone who's, you know, 75, they are not going to be okay with that experience. So um, I would say one option is just make sure that depending on who the patient is, just just be sure to have different um, ways that they can actually check in that they are comfortable with. Yeah, I I totally agree. I even think, um, and this was talked about quite a bit at the MGMA because there were a bunch of new tools that folks are starting to use. to make the process a little bit easier. And there was a discussion that, you know, it would be great if we could actually use the portal for what 
it's been intended for and allowing individuals who want to check in, pre-check in via the portal to have all of their information filled out and ready to go so that you're not having to repeat the process when you get to the practice. And that's kind of my next piece on, you know, how could you improve the patient experience? It's to look at your protocols and the processes you have in, pa in place for checking patients in. And let's not keep asking patients for the same information over and over again, because I think especially when you're working with a younger generation that, you know, we're just not, and I'm going to say we, because I feel like I have one foot in the younger generation and one foot in the much older generation, but we're, we're all kind of tired of having to um, jump through hoops when they're unnecessary. And when you're repeating yourself on paperwork all the time or not seeing like what you're doing online, transferring over to the actual in-office experience, it's frustrating and it's ready to make us just kind of stop and find a doctor who's a little more up with the times. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at anything uh, with the way that the world is going now, you know, Uber and DoorDash and these like food delivery systems, like we we sort of are evolving into a society that expects and wants everything right away. And so to then have to spend all this time on the paperwork, go into the office and have someone not, you know, just not communicate well enough, whether it's the software or it's actual people in the office, whatever the case may be, um, then to have to do all this stuff again, it's like, well, everything else is moving towards this sort of fast paced um, environment. And then this, it just feels like it's stuck in 1995. Yeah, I was listening to um, a practice manager that was doing a case study on some text-based applications that they had implemented at their practice. It was an OBGYN practice in North Florida. And it was interesting because the practice manager said after they implemented this um, new uh, text-based service that he now goes to the practice website if he's looking for a new provider for himself or his family. And he specifically looks at the website and takes that as kind of a first impression to whether or not that practice is going to be up on the times. And so that his experience in, in um, outcomes there, you know, non-medical related outcomes, but his overall experience, um, he feels like if the practice's website is modern, then and the, the doctor seems like they're hip and they're on top of it. Maybe they have a chat functionality and he can schedule his appointment online that that might translate to his experience in the practice as well. He doesn't want to go to antiquated practices anymore. And it was interesting to hear that after they implemented this text-based messaging um, for patients at his practice, that it's changed the dynamic for him when he's looking for providers of his own. It changed his perspective. That, yeah, that Absolutely. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, we say that all the time. The website's kind of like a living brochure, so you want to put your best foot forward. And if you're not, then you wind up in a situation like that. So, um, all right. So my next my next tip for the check-in process, as it relates to patient experience, would um, you know, just be informative. And for that, if someone is asking a question when they come in, either you know, if the front desk people, you know, we don't expect them to be trained and know the answer to everything, but at least know where to go to get that answer. And in that same regard, uh, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been to a uh, physician's office and you, you're handed that sort of new patient paperwork and they tell you what to fill out, what not to fill out. But there's nothing, I don't think I've ever seen anything in those packets that says like, what's going to happen to me? You know, it would be nice if as I'm sitting there and filling those things out, tell me more about the practice, the physician, the process, just give me all the information. And whether I use it or not, you know, that that's up to me, but I don't think I've ever even been presented with that option. 
No, you're you're hitting the nail on the head for me. And I, I know I keep referencing, you know, these these um, talks that I was participating in at this conference this past week. But, you know, there was a discussion about, you know, about the, the idea of checking a patient in and not just having them go sit somewhere because mm-hmm. when they're sitting there, their mind is wandering. And so there was a practice that was talking about their reputation scores and how they were getting negative feedback from patients because they felt like, you know, nobody was paying attention to them and they were, they were waiting longer than maybe they thought they should. So they changed their process at check-in so that the person that they send them to the, like the waiting room and then a person comes and gets them. And instead of just opening the door to the patient room and sitting them in there by themselves, the person will walk into the patient room with them and go over some basic information inside the patient room. And then it, because of that extra touch point of walking in there with them, it changed the perception of the patient and their reputation scores went up. And all they did was make an adjustment of where they were getting the information instead of like out in another room. They did it in that personal setting. So the person felt as if that they had their attention and they hadn't even seen the provider yet. So I think you're right. You just have to be informative and tell people what to expect. Yeah, it feels like a real conversation, which is really all you want. You know, you want to be heard and you you want to have this quick connection and get your questions answered. And if you can do that in 45 seconds, then fantastic. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think overall, even though we're all busy, that you're okay with waiting a little bit, but you need to know why you're waiting and what the expectation is. If you like what you're hearing and need some help marketing your medical practice this year, be sure and check us out at insightmg.com. That's insight, M as in marketing, G as in group.com. Don't think you've got a budget for this kind of stuff? Think again. We've got you covered. Make sure you schedule a free consult today. So that goes into the next one. I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, a check-in, once you check somebody in, you need to be available to them. You need to know their name. You need to make eye contact. If somebody has a question, you need to be able to answer that question. You don't ignore a patient once they've checked in. It is your responsibility to make that patient comfortable until they go into the next piece of the process. Weren't you saying that the hotel that you checked into when you went to Austin, they had someone like walking around with water, right? So, so for our listeners, we live in central Florida. We're the number one tourist destination in the world. So I have a very high expectation for hospitality. So when I was in Austin, I had the opportunity to stay at the Fairmont and I had never heard of the Fairmont before. It's a brand new hotel in Austin. And I looked them up and they're known for their concierge service. But before I looked them up, we got there and we'd been flying for several hours. Actually, my flight, um, I had to be at the airport at 5.20 a.m. That was takeoff. So we were at the airport by four. So oh. by this time, we're kind of grudgy and tired. And we're in line with a bunch of other people to check in. And they have people walking around with cold bottles of water. And what an experience. And that set the tone for the entire couple of days that I was there. You know, So what could you take from something as simple as a bottle of water back to your practice to make an impact on your patients? Exactly. That, that's why I brought that up because I was just thinking, I was like, what a small thing to do that makes a big difference. Because when you came back, you told all of us about that and how that was your first impression of the hotel. So yeah, it's interesting. And I talked to a lot of people. Little, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those small things may make a big difference. I mean, I talked to random strangers about that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go to the next one. All right. Parking. What's going on with parking and how can you improve the patient experience there? 
So I think this is an area where people, you know, you just kind of, a lot of practices will just put up a couple signs and they'll have some position parking. And then you don't really think about it because honestly, why would you? Um, but it's important to take into consideration the type of parking that you have too. So like Jen just mentioned, actually, we're in central Florida, which means it gets really hot. Uh, and I've seen some position practices where they actually will have covered parking almost all the way through, which is awesome, especially if you have like an older population that you know is going to be visiting the office. So just kind of take that into consideration. Make sure you have like appropriate parking and ample parking for the folks that are coming in and out of your practice every day. I think that's that's an easy one that we can all do and we can sort of set it and forget it. I agree. And you want, you know, you want it to be in a place of comfortable, people feel like it's safe and not exactly. too far from the building and things like that. I think um, another one which is often overlooked is we have one client that has parking in a parking garage. And I feel as if we're constantly helping them with new signs or talking about, you know, people wandering, trying to figure out where the practice is. And it's because the parking garage can be difficult. So you really need good signage that, that clearly shows where your office is located and where you're supposed to park. I would say that weekly, one of us or someone on our team will run into someone that's in the wrong spot because they can't find the office. I just the, helped someone the other day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just because the signage isn't 100% clear. So something that you can do in your practice is um, park somewhere you wouldn't normally park and then sort of take a walk and, and put yourself in the patient's shoes, like literally, and look at what they're looking at. And, and if it's not super clear how to get to your office, either think about additional signage that you can use there or consider creating some sort of like online quick video tour type thing that says when you park, this is where you go. Even if it's like a quick time-lapse video on your iPhone where you're just walking from your car to the front door, post that on your website, on your social media, because I promise that will make a big difference. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, be wary of signs. You know, I, when I too was, yeah, too many signs means people won't read them. And just because you think that they are easy to read and understand, they're not necessarily easy to read and understand for other people. Absolutely. Cool. What's your next one? I would say it's important, uh, especially, again, if you have, like, for example, orthopedic practice. So a lot of people that are coming to your practice, they've got bad knees, bad hips, bad ankles, et cetera. Um, so consider having a valet option. So we work with one practice, and uh, <laughs> not, they have this mostly because of kind of like a parking uh, overflow situation. They just don't have enough parking, so they've instituted – free valet for patients during uh, clinic hours. Uh, and that that's a gesture that we have heard time and time again, the, the patients absolutely love. And again, going back to the reputation scores, one of the things that folks were complaining about uh, became very apparent that parking was an issue because almost every, every negative review that this practice was getting was in regards to the fact that there was nowhere to park or they had to park so far away and, you know, walk for, you know, two minutes or whatever the case may be. So if that's something that you've started to hear or you just want to kind of go that extra mile, then consider having complimentary valet for your patients. Yeah, and I, you remember that time? I mean, we, we used to push this practice to get the valet. And I felt like every time we went to visit, we would notice that the parking was an issue in the parking lot. And so then like the final straw, if you remember, Corey, oh, is, yeah. and these are like, these are like <laughs> little old ladies. This is like an older generation area. And we're walking through to go meet with the client and there's these like little old ladies in the parking lot, like trying with their walkers to get to this orthopedic group. 
And then like this other person who's a little old lady, but not as little and not as old, they like almost got in a fist fight and they're yelling in the parking lot over a parking space. And, you know, if that wasn't the kicker to get the valet, I don't know what was. And now like their reviews and the feedback and the overall experience has improved drastically ever since they just did that one thing of getting the valet in the parking lot. So, you know, think, take those things into consideration and, and what it means to the patient when they're frustrated, trying, just trying to get to your front door. It was almost a beat down with a walker. I was, it really was, it was, it was good <laughs> entertainment. I wish we had a video of that cause it was pretty Ugh. funny. Well, that leads me to the one that just drives me absolutely nuts. And that is about being mindful of where the doctors and the staff park at your practice, because Years ago, I was taking um, my husband to the cardiologist after his heart attack, and we were running late, and it was a new office of a, of a cardiologist that had been assigned to him, and we get to this place, and there's nowhere to park, and by the time we were up at the front door, I turned and noticed an entire row of parking that was available, and every one of the, um, the signs in front of those parking spots said that it was reserved for the physicians only. And I'm sorry, it's supposed to be about your patients, not about your physicians. And I agree, physicians need to have parking. And of course, it's important for them to be close to the building, maybe in the back. But you can't, that's not the kind of best foot that you want to put forward. It should be about your patients and your staff and your doctors should park away from the front door. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And something that I've noticed too, um, and again, I hate to keep harping on like ortho practices, but I, I just happen to see it there. Um, you can tell what type of a car that a surgeon is driving, right? Like even even if it's not reserved. Porsche, for, Jaguar, right? Mercedes. And so I see constantly um, at Land one Rover. in particular that we work with, yeah, where the entire like front of the parking lot, and there is no back parking, it's only in the front, but it's it's full of Porsches and Jaguars and Maseratis and Audis and all. And you know it's the doctors. And you know that everyone that's coming to see you, like I said earlier, uh, they've got bad hips and bad knees. and Well, they're on just, crutches, like in a wheelchair trying to go up a, a ramp. Right. And, and I would say, you know, maybe eight out of ten people don't notice. But, you know, you, you there's probably like a car guy that's going to walk up and put two and two together and go, wait a minute this isn't right. Like I've got to, I'm on crutches here and I got to park all the way back there because these guys have to park right up front. And then they, you know, they immediately come in with a chip on their shoulder and they're a little upset and it's a simple, stupid little thing, but that totally could be avoided if you were just mindful of where the doctors are. Yep. It totally, you know, it's all about the perception and it so impacts the patient experience. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's go into, let's go into the next set of things, you know, the ideas that you can use to improve the experience. So let's talk about appointments. Okay, definitely. Um, I think one of the easiest ways to improve the patient experience is to make it easy for the patients to schedule their appointment. Um, and I think the best way to do that is just have multiple different avenues where they can request. So obviously they can call on the phone, they can walk into the office. Um, but online, I think there's, there's a lot of room for improvement for a lot of practices. That can be anything from having just a contact form on your website. Maybe it's just a button that says schedule and they, you know, it sends an email. Um, some practices are starting to introduce a chat functionality where that's either automated 
or it's actually manned by someone in the practice when they're available and they can, um, if it's automated, it might plug right into the EHR. If it's manual, you might have somebody on the other end that just knows what to do and ask the right questions. Um, obviously everything is, is uh, HIPAA compliant and secure and encrypted and all that fun stuff. But uh, I think that's really the, the way that the online appointment request is going. So if you want to improve the patient experience and sort of get ahead of the game a little bit, then I would say that chat functionality on the website is a great place to get started. So when I was at the MGMA conference this week, I went in on a session um, where it was a case study on this text-based technology that this OBGYN practice up in North Florida had implemented. And one thing that they were talking about is, um, or one area that they saw improvement by using the online form for, or online scheduling where the you know, you as a millennial could at three in the morning go in and schedule your appointment. So you'd pick your appointment slot and then the software will automatically send a text message to you if an earlier appointment slot opens up. So you can, through your phone, change your appointment to get an earlier slot that may not have been, you know, your first choice. But having that kind of two-way two request option where you never have to talk with anyone on the phone, just integrating, truly integrating technology into requesting the appointment and then even improving the appointment. And they saw something like a 30% change in no-shows by being able to do this. So I think oh, there's, there's something to be awesome. said about technology. Absolutely. I think yeah. um, another area that you really should focus on from the patient experience standpoint, it, as simple as it sounds, it's when you're doing like a phone confirmation or a phone reminder or even on your website on the appointment page, even maybe it's your like, and maybe it's the automated email that somebody receives when they request an appointment, but give them directions, including landmarks and intersections that are near the office so that when you're sending them that reminder, um, maybe it has the, the directions like physical directions, or maybe that video that you were talking about, Corey, if you've got parking, that's hard, you know, maybe if they've got it at the office that has, you know, interesting or challenging parking, the email responder has access to that or something in there. So if you can get in front of, you know, anticipating that they may have directional challenges, that you can get in front of that by just merely asking the patient what their needs are. Yeah. And just think if that could save you three no-shows a month, I mean, what is it worth to put in that one sentence in the email, you know? Absolutely. And, and those no-shows, you know, it's frustrating for the patient. It's frustrating for the physician too. You know, your job as a practice manager is to fill their schedule. And if they're, you know, if they if your doctors have time on their hands, they're going to end up in your office and that is not where you <laughs> want them. All right. Exactly. So the kind of the next one is I think that it's important as practices, especially as technology evolves, that we are all paying attention to things like like following up via text message, you know, not necessarily just phone but, you know, paying attention to the age or the preferences of the patient and then making your follow-up process work for that patient. Don't assume that every patient is going to fit into your mold. You should have options based on where that patient is in their life cycle. Yeah, I don't want you to call me and tell no. me that I have an appointment coming up to confirm it. I, and honestly, that for me, that's a waste of time for your staff, whoever's picking up the phone to make that phone call. Um, and then on on the user side, I'm not going to answer it probably. 
and then I have to go check my voicemail. And I know it sounds stupid and it's first world problems, but if you just sent me a text and I can just press Y to confirm, I'm good, you know? So, like, like you said, it matters because the different generations would like to receive that information differently. I'm totally fine that way. My mother, for example, would prefer the phone call because she wouldn't, I don't even know if she would look at the text, honestly. Yeah, and I would get I would get a phone call and I'd be like, well, hell, I don't have my calendar in front of me to know that I've got an appointment next Tuesday. Now I got to like stop what I'm doing, pull up my calendar. I'm with you. So I think, you know, you just got to understand your patient and how they want to receive information and then give them the information in the way that they want to receive it. Hey there. Replacing an employee can be expensive. Upward of 50% of that employee's annual salary. Did you know that only 33% of your employees are actually engaged at work? Well, what if you could invest in engaging and training your employees for as little as $8 per month with training that's specific to the challenges you face in your medical practice, like customer service, patient experience, communicating across generations, just to name a few. Well, visit us at InsightMG.com to find out more about how our employee engagement and training platform can help you strengthen employee retention develop patient service mindsets, and give you peace of mind when it comes time for annual reviews, all without creating any additional work for you, and it's only eight bucks a month. So check us out at Insight, M as in marketing, G as in group.com. We'll be waiting for you. Yeah, for sure. All right, so my my tip um, for when it, when it comes time to request an appointment, I think this is uh, super helpful, and again, something you can do very easily, but set clear expectations for what's going to happen, especially if you have sort of a unique subspecialty for your practice. Let people know what to expect. So are there a lot of forms to complete? Is it going to take me, you know, is this first appointment going to take an hour and a half? Do I need to take off a half day of work? Am I cool thinking it's just going to be 30 minutes? Does it depend on what time of day my appointment is? Does a doctor get behind? Should I anticipate that? Those little things, and, and again, they can just be a handful of bullet points before the request is actually made, but that sets the expectation for me as a patient and makes it much more likely that I'm going to have a better experience if I know what's going to happen on the other end. So rather than just, great, you schedule an appointment, here's a mountain of forms, good luck, show up 15 minutes early. Well, if you sort of tell me what to expect, and again, give me that information and set those expectations, we're both gonna be better off for this in the end. Perfect, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I just think the appointment process is something that so many practices could improve by just paying attention to who the audience is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you start, if you improve right there, then you know, you're off, to the races already, you know, you're on the right foot, everyone's happier, and then you'll eventually see uh, better outcomes and more full clinic schedules as a result. Absolutely, so the next area that I've been thinking about from a patient experience standpoint, um, and also really from a marketing standpoint, is something that gets overlooked so often, and that is your on-hold messaging, or you're just your like phone process in general, because, you know, a lot of times people are still picking up the phone, calling the doctor's office, especially if they have a question. And there's nothing worse than when you get there 
and you're on hold for a bunch of time and it's dead, dead air, you know, just silence or like talk radio or something like that. So I think it's really important to pay attention and to have on hold messaging that is pleasant to the ear. I think it's really a positive from a marketing standpoint to update your on hold messaging, to communicate the things that are going on in your practice or things that you want patients to know. And you can actually have fun with it and use it from a marketing standpoint. So I think it's, um, you know, first you want to be pleasant. You want to make sure it's a pleasant experience on the phone. And then I think, you know, following up on that, you want to have the right kind of messaging with the right kind of voice. You want to have some light music that goes with it. And then, you know, the last piece, you know, from a patient experience standpoint is you want to just really be mindful of how long your patients are going to be on hold and be mindful of that phone tree because there's nothing worse than somebody being stuck on a hold for something they could have gotten answered on a chat bot. Yeah, if the patient is on hold long enough to hear your entire message repeat, then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, same thing with um, your lobby videos. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and then I would I would just very quickly add to that that um, you, know, you it's okay to have varying degrees of, of messaging there. So you can have some sort of things that are like canned and that are always there. But if you have some sort of a special event coming up, like um, we work with a plastic surgeon, he's doing like a hydrofacial event. His on hold messaging is like the perfect place to advertise that because the people that are calling in most likely are the right people to attend that event. So just, just kind of keep that top of mind that it doesn't have to be something where you create this new big script and then you can forget about it for three years. It's okay if it changes. All right. So the listeners right now is the time to pick up your pen because I'm going to give you a piece of information that you can use on your on hold messaging that will make a big difference. And that is to take your patient testimonials um, that you have already got someone to edit. And when they edit down your next patient testimonial video, have them give you a 15 second audio clip and then take those audio clips and put them into your on hold messaging. So it's your patients giving their 15 second testimonial of how you've changed their life. And you're going to put that in your in your on hold messaging so that when your potential patients are sitting there waiting in your phone tree, they're going to say, you know what, it's probably worth it if all these people said it's worth it. Um, yeah, that's just exactly. a little piece of information. We've used it with a couple of clients and it always really goes over well. Yep. We're the region's number one ophthalmologist. Don't just take our word for it. And then you just drop in, you know, five of these uh, testimonials. That's right. And talking about procedures that maybe your patients didn't even know you had. Mm -hmm. exactly. All right. So what's the next one? What's the next one, Corey? I think we're talking about let's go into wait time. Like, How do we improve the experience with wait time? Because we don't like to wait. Yeah, so obviously sometimes the physicians and, you know, the clinic's just going to run behind. It's just going to happen. But one of the easiest things to do to improve the patient experience when it comes to wait time is just sort of communicate these clear expectations. And I touched on this a little bit earlier, but it, when someone comes to check in, if the physician is notorious for running behind, then let them know that when they schedule their appointment and then remind them of that when when they come in. And if they're running really far behind, you may even have to pick up the phone or, or send a message if possible to say, hey, just so you know, Dr. Smith is is an hour and a half behind due to a late surgery and, and try and accommodate folks that way. Because yes, that's an extra step on your side, 
but uh, it may mitigate a lot of issues on the flip side when the patient gets there and then they have to sit there for 90 minutes without explanation, especially if they come in, they were ignored, no one offered them a bottle of water, <laughs> and they just, they just sort of sit and stew the entire time. Uh, and you know what happens when you sit and stew, like especially if you're of a certain um, mindset, you know, what is it? Facebook has more people on Facebook than than the population of China. And so when people are sitting, they pull out their phones, their smartphones that they spend an average of 3.3 hours per day on. And they're like, you know, let me pull up my social channel. And then they're like, oh, I'm still sitting here. And then they start communicating about how long they've been sitting in your office or take a photo of a piece of trash on the floor or, you know, whatever. And they start communicating with the world via social media and whatever's happening in your practice has now become something that's just out there. So I really think you have to have a plan in place for any kind of long wait times. And, you know, I think that plan goes back first and foremost to communication so that you let you know people know how, what the expectation is. And then kind of a check-in plan if, if it gets, you know, if, if a if a patient is waiting beyond 30 minutes, let's say that's your that's your time, then what is your plan B for that patient? At that point, do you offer them a bottle of water? Or, you know, have you gone a step further? And this is kind of my next piece here is, you know, do you have a game plan? Like, you know, why not use something like a restaurant does where you give them where you can text them when their when their appointment is 15 minutes out so they aren't sitting in the office? You know, but you know, for the most part, when the doctor's schedule is like opening up or how far behind they are. So why not deploy like an electronic advice to a device or, you know, send them a text message or say, look, we're going to keep your appointment, but it, you're about an hour behind. So we're going to let you know when you become about 15 minutes. So that way they aren't stuck in your office and they can walk around or something like that. I think that those are um, those are things that you could do that are relatively inexpensive that will have a bigger payoff in the end. I love that idea of the, uh, the the text message or what have you, like a restaurant, especially as a lot of subspecialties are starting to go into like, um, you know, their new offices are going into sort of retail spaces. Um, so we work, <clears throat> we work with an ophthalmologist and they just opened up a brand new office and um, they're on the second floor of this like mega plaza. So if they're running behind, then, you know, it's perfectly acceptable for the patients to go downstairs, grab a smoothie, go for a walk, do some light shopping. They get the text that says, you know, your appointment's in 20 minutes. They can start heading back and then go from there. I think that is a fantastic idea. I, I totally think so. And especially as you see this trend of more folks moving into retail spaces, we have another ortho group that's in a retail space. I just think it makes sense. And, you know, kind of another thing I would do is, you know, pay attention to like how Uber Health and I think Lyft has a health component. You know, why not offer, consider offering transportation? You know, if an appointment is running really late or maybe a meal voucher, if it's running late, you know, over the course of lunch, um, regardless of like monetary recovery, it's always good to have that plan in place and have a game plan for how are you going to fix it after the fact? Because, yes, everybody's annoyed that, you know, they're spending too much time in your office. But maybe if somebody spends above 45 minutes waiting for the physician, because, you know, they're only going in there for like maybe six minutes with the doctor, maybe, you know, have a plan in place that you're going to drop a handwritten note in the mail. So we're sorry that you had to wait. Here's lunch on us. And maybe it's just, you know, a quick gift card to Panera because the recovery on that is speaks volumes, especially if you're talking about surgical patients or something of that nature. Yeah. I mean, if you got a handwritten note from the, you know, or the physician, 
and said that we apologize for any inconvenience. And then it came with a you know five dollar Starbucks gift card or something. That would I just think of how many people that patient would would say that to because that's so out of the ordinary. Well, okay, case in point, and then we'll wrap it up. We were at our company retreat at a big hotel in Central Florida this year over on Disney property, and the check-in was delayed by about an hour and a half, and we had planned the entire retreat around the times working out, and um, it was a negative experience, and we shared it with the staff, and they finally got in, and remember, we came back from the park, and there was a handwritten note apologizing for the inconvenience, as well as a bottle of champagne and some chocolates. And we put that handwritten note on our website talking about what a way to turn around the experience from our standpoint. And then we've told that story over and over again. So handwritten notes um, are sometimes forgotten about, but they make such a difference. And you already know your patients are going to be waiting sometimes. So if they reach a certain threshold, have some handwritten notes ready to go and just pop them in the mail. You actually don't even need to give something for, away for free. Just the handwritten note might be enough. I agree. Yeah, I think that's totally enough. You know, just the gesture alone. Um, it, I mean, you know, it was a bonus that we got a box of chocolates when, when uh, we did that. Which Danielle that ate. Yeah, <laughs> I hope to. But uh, yeah, no, it, I mean, it, it, we didn't need that. If we came back and there was just a note, it would have been like, oh, that's really nice. And that would have been enough of a gesture, I think, to, you know, just show that they care and they were paying attention. And I believe there's a photo of that on our Instagram. So at uh, drmarketingtips.com, if you guys want to see that. Awesome. All right, guys. So I think that is plenty of information for today. Everybody's got to get back to work. So with that, I'm Jennifer. I'm still Corey. And we'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.